0: You know by the year 2050, the United States is going to be what the U.S. Census Bureau refers to as a majority-minority country, meaning people of color are going to be the majority in terms of our nation's population. That's important in and of itself and also has an important effect on fundraising. Diversity is important. It's morally and ethically important and also needs to be taken into account for successful fundraising efforts. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. and I'm joined today by Dr. Una Osley. She's the Associate Dean of Research at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy where she also leads the new Mays Institute on diverse philanthropy. So Una, thanks for being with us. And your career uh, spans so many different topics. You're highly regarded for your expertise on diversity and philanthropy diversity and fundraising, and now this is being concentrated even more through the Mays Institute. What is the Mays Institute on Diverse Philanthropy?
1: So thanks, Bill, first of all, for giving us this opportunity Mm. to talk about this work. The Mays Institute is the first of its kind, an institute at a university that's dedicated to understanding diverse and inclusive philanthropy, how different donor communities give and what that means for nonprofits. We have, as you have noted, a more a more diverse nation and country that we've ever had in our history and that's uh, donors of all different races and ethnicities but also national origins and for many nonprofits uh, are are still grappling with how to navigate this new terrain. The Mays Institute is going to do three things. First, research to provide the latest insights for fundraisers and nonprofits so they can actually work with those diverse donors and meet them at their areas of interest. Um, The second is training. We also understand that our talent base in the nonprofit sector can benefit from training, from education, and so training is going to be a big part of the work we do at the Mays Institute. And then finally, outreach, because uh, we have a lot of talent now, a lot of voices in philanthropy. So raising that conversation so that organizations, individuals understand the complex ways that different donors are giving. A big point, uh, one of my colleagues at the Lilly Family School, Dr. Tyrone Freeman makes, Mm -hmm. is that diverse donors are not new and emerging, they've always been part of the landscape. I think the challenge is that many nonprofits have not necessarily figured out how to work with those different donors. We've had a bit of a one-size-fits-all model in fundraising and now we have the data to help us understand what do donors from say, uh, African-American backgrounds or Asian-American backgrounds want that may be different, uh, and how can we uh, engage those donors using the various models and methods that we have. In higher education, this is very important. Uh, Many organizations have alumni from all diverse backgrounds, and they're trying to figure out how do we engage those donors, those alums, or potential donors. And in the past, perhaps one model worked for everyone, but we're realizing that we do need to uh, tailor these opportunities, whether engagement opportunities or volunteer opportunities, so that we can really harness the uh, aspirations, the uh, needs, and the inspiration of these uh, diverse donors.
0: At a time when our society in the United States is becoming more diverse. Uh, You know, for example, seven states already, people of color are in the majority. And by 2020, that will be true of all of our nation's children. So again, we see how the diversity wonderfully is growing in our country at a time when our school's research shows that about 75% of professional fundraisers Caucasian Mm -hmm. and so certainly we always are looking to cross demographic lines and coming together Uh, but one of the aspects of the work of the Mays Institute also is as I understand it to bring more diversity into the fundraising field how are your colleagues trying to inspire that important development
1: absolutely I think uh, one way that we're trying to do that is through training Mm -hmm. uh, so that already we're working with organizations that have uh, talent and want to mobilize that talent we're also intentionally building opportunities for scholars at the Lilly Family School so that individuals who want to get into the fundraising profession can have a pathway to that profession. We've learned over time that Uh, Fundraising is a gap as not just, I think you raised the point of the racial diversity, but we also know that it's a field where many um, fundraisers are starting to think about uh, retirement, Mm -hmm, for example, mm -hmm. at large organizations. So how do we build a talent pool, a pipeline for the future? Uh, One thing that has inspired a lot of the work we're doing at the Mays Institute is to look at other fields where uh, diversity has actually increased over time and what has been done in those fields and very often it's an intentional kind of career path that's built for those individuals so that they can see those opportunities and gain the educational and mentoring opportunities along the way.
0: So the training opportunities are going to be there to help more people from a broader range of backgrounds learn about fundraising, uh, develop their techniques and their skills, enter the fundraising field. What about from the hiring position? What steps can I take? And I know one of our recent speakers talked about this that we can make sure we have a diverse pool of applicants. And if we have a diverse pool of applicants, it's going to greatly enhance the possibility I'm going to have diversity amongst my staff. That's true in all hiring, regardless of profession, Mm -hmm. but especially true amongst fundraisers. What advice do you have for nonprofits as they're looking to diversify their field as more folks are being trained?
1: Absolutely. I think all of us should really have um, a vision for our talent pool and should constantly be looking for opportunities to bring in those diverse candidates so that they're part of the pool to start with, but also networking and building uh, relationships outside your immediate sphere so that you're always on the lookout. We know that to grow our fundraising programs, we need to hire and retain the best talent, and it means being very, once again, intentional about uh, broadening our footprint in uh, different types of communities so that we have a diverse pool of candidates to choose from in the first place.
0: Una, in my career, when I looked to hire, as I led a nonprofit, as I looked to ensure that I had a diverse board of directors, uh, I did the best I could to reach out to other circles of influence uh, where people of color might gather in, in natural associations or areas of the media, but but also including in terms of reaching out to civic leadership. Every time I had a job opening or needed a board member, I would send a letter to Bill Mays. I would send a letter to Caroline Mays, and they might have some ideas for me on who could apply for these different types of positions. It's Bill Mays who this institute is named after. What is the inspiration that has brought this institute together at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy?
1: I'm so, Bill, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, we, my husband and I, had the opportunity to get to know Bill Mays and his wife, Rose Mays. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, Bill Mays was a civic leader in our community, he was a business leader. But more importantly, he had a tradition of generosity that he actively cultivated, where he not only gave generously and supported, causes and led many civic campaigns in Indianapolis and uh, nationally but he also encouraged everyone in his network to give whether it was through their companies or through their communities and in some cases inspired many of the people he mentored in his business life to start their own foundations and their own initiatives so as his friends and family came together upon his passing to think about what his legacy was they realized that he had many contributions but also here locally. But what stood out to all of them was the tradition of generosity, the message of generosity, where he felt that success was not just accumulating resources for oneself, but also sharing them and going beyond that to teach others how to give generously. So he was one of the uh, significant donors to Indiana University, but he also brought others to love uh, IU and to give to IU. And interestingly, his wife also talks about his volunteering. so he believed that giving was not just monetary, but it was also your time and uh, talent in terms of mentoring and uh, bring it forward and bringing the next generation of philanthropists on board so today there's so many individuals in our community but nationally who can say bill Mays taught them how to give so what a powerful legacy i think for all of us an inspiration for all of us to think about not just how can we make a difference but how can we spread that message so that individuals are um, mentees our colleagues, our friends, our family are also uh, spreading the message of generosity.
0: And now we're leveraging that message exponentially through the Mays Institute on Diverse Philanthropy. Una, moving forward, how can fundraisers stay in touch with the institute? What should they be watching for uh, as they want to make sure that they're diverse and inclusive in terms of their donor outreach and donor relationships, in terms of their fundraising staff, and in all these important ethical ways related to diversity?
1: So the message is stay tuned. Uh, First, the research, uh, we will uh, be rolling out October 23rd, new research on high net worth donors from diverse backgrounds. That will be available on our website All fundraisers can read that, use that, and actually start to implement strategies based on the research. Second, stay tuned for training opportunities. We now have uh, new opportunities to learn about building a diverse board or expanding your diverse donor base. Uh, Those courses will be coming on board soon and in partnership perhaps with the fundraising school, so uh, please stay tuned for that. And then finally we have uh, public lectures and events. Some of them will be live streamed, so fundraising uh, professionals. professionals from around the country can tune in and learn the latest in diversity and leadership because what we are all learning is all of us can be part of building the diverse talent base that we'd all like to benefit from.
0: And the Mays Institute has a robust social media presence that's an easy front door uh, to start learning about these resources and opportunities that are just getting started. So much more to come uh, on this important topic of diverse philanthropy that all of us not only need to be aware of, but need to do something about for all the right reasons. Our website is philanthropy.iupui.edu. Dr. Osley and her research and her research team have all of their information under the research tab. That research is free and you can translate that to fundraising success, as we've done in our public courses at the Fundraising School, which you find under the Professional Development tab. We can bring custom training right to your organization, right to your city or your community, uh, and train a lot of people all in one setting right there in your hometown. We also have our webinars and our podcasts, other resources that can help you with fundraising success. I'm Bill Stanjokiewicz, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School.